When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm not kidding at all when I share with you that a longtime reader of DK Pittsburgh Sports emailed me. This was pretty early in the day yesterday, not long after the Steelers fired Matt Canada, finally, asking, what do we do now? Who do we get mad at? Because this was actually kind of fun. Wow. Good morning to you. Good. Wednesday morning, I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also happen to offer daily shots of the Matt Canada Free Steelers and the Penguins in the same place that you found this, and I hope you'll check those out as well. I've heard from others who asked if this was the kind of thing that Pittsburgh or Pittsburghers attending these events could do in terms of influencing the baseball club toward you-know-what. Now, it's not the same thing. You can't fire Bob Nutting, who had been before these recent events with the football franchise over the past few months, our city's most unpopular sports figure by a metric mile. But as I've pointed out on both of my other two daily shots today on Steelers and on Penguins, we're now at a phase here where this city has principally through the hockey fans, they're younger and tend to have, you know, more energy, more of a voice and all that other stuff. They've gotten the Penguins front office entirely cleaned out because I can't be convinced that them chanting fire Ron Hextall didn't have a significant impact on the Fenway sports group people in attendance. And then they were the ones that started the Fire Matt Canada chants, both at Akershire Stadium and then at PPG Paints Arena. And look, it doesn't matter if there's some direct link between the chanting and getting a guy fired. The perception in this case is the only thing that's relevant. The sense that you as the fan achieved this or contributed to the achieving of this is The only thing that resonates, it really is. So without sounding like I'm taking a cheap shot or picking the lowest hanging fruit that's available to anyone doing sports commentary of any kind in this city, 
Now that Canada's fired, it could be argued that Nutting is back to being that most unpopular guy again. I know in the moment there's going to be a lot of people pointing more toward Mike Tomlin because the games are going on, but let's presume, and this isn't exactly outlandish, that the Pirates were to get through this winter without really significantly raising their payroll. Let's presume that they were to take the TV option that would be the one that would come across as the most lucrative and still not take the payroll to a hundred million or close to that. And I've been a believer for a while now that this particular season, it needed to get to a hundred. Although that was before all of this TV stuff happened, it still needs to be somewhere near there because you have other teams in your division in smaller markets like Cincinnati, like Milwaukee that are spending 120. And here are the pirates, you know, roughly half that for the past four years. It's not okay. It's not okay. And I could see a scenario in which you're looking at a fair amount, not a great amount, but a fair amount of bonafide promising talent. You know, a healthy O'Neill Cruz, uh, maybe one or two of these pitchers coming along, Paul Skeens coming up and getting some people excited and then seeing very clearly that there isn't enough of a supporting cast to make that matter. That will reflect probably more on the payroll to people in this market because of the history here than anything else. No one's going to say, well, yeah, but Ben Charrington could have gotten so-and-so for so-and-so five years ago. Uh, Only the most diehard of diehard fans even have stuff like that cross their mind. Everyone else just says, nutting equals cheap. And that's the end of the discussion. So I'm not predicting anything here. I'm certainly not trying to plant a seed. But I'm not going to lie to you. In covering the Canada firing yesterday, this kind of crossed my mind, even before I heard from others about it. I could see a scenario in which these people who are used to going to games now and kind of almost anticipating that a chant is going to come up, especially when things get a little bit dull. That's been the pattern. The game isn't so exciting. You're, you know, your team's not really in it. You've already taken your bathroom break. You come back to your seat and whatever else. And you're looking around. You want what do we do? Maybe you've had a couple, you know, and, and it's like, here they go. Here they go. It's either going to be let's go bucks, which would sound ridiculous if your team is down six, nothing. And, and you're, you're looking at Montana do rap or somebody out there on the mound and everything feels hopeless, but it's only the fourth inning. So what are you going to do? You're going to start something. You're going to start something the same way these idiots started the woo thing a few years ago. I could see them starting something like this and carrying this that much further. If you're doing this in the upper deck, anywhere near the area behind home plate, you will get picked up on the broadcast. You'll get picked up on TV. You'll get picked up on radio because that's where the announcers are. You know how I know that? That's where we reporter types are. You hear everything up there. The audience at home hears everything. And then it becomes another issue. Just saying. When we come back, J1Q...
This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800 degree stone and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door, your car, your bike, your computer, your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Alan, who says, DK, the Pirates are the Major League Baseball version of the NBA Sacramento Kings. And I have no idea what that means, but let's proceed with the rest of Alan's question. Meaning that they draft high each season for years and years, but there's not really any progress that's made for the franchise. Okay, so Alan is comparing the Pirates to the Edmonton Oilers of the NHL, because we have the NHL in Pittsburgh and not the NBA. The 2015 season, Allen continues, is a fading memory with almost a decade of nothing to show for it. There are a few bright spots, but not enough to move up in the standings. We're about to forget about Nick Gonzalez, just as we've already erased Travis Swaggerty from our memory, just to name two. Allen, I I very much appreciate the spirit of this question, even if the NBA thing was never going to connect with me because I could also throw Quinn Priester in there. I don't know how many starts Priester is going to get at the big league level that look like the ones he just had in 2023 and be allowed to continue. This management group, I believe, isn't all that high on Priester. When they talk about, just in casual conversation, their pitchers with the most potential, their young guys, he didn't even come up. Now, yeah, he did literally come up this past season, but that's kind of what you have to do with a first round pick. You got to at least look at him. You got to see something and maybe some kind of light goes off and maybe there's some competitive edge that comes out. There's something uh, that in his repertoire that just gets triggered and starts working against big league hitters that he didn't necessarily feel like throwing in the minors for whatever reason that happened for Priester, but only in flashes, if you'll recall, only in spurts. And then he would just get rocked as if he'd never pitched before at any professional level. And the main reason for that is not throwing hard, just like we talk about with a lot of these guys. And no, I'm not going to go into another Oscar Marine screed, but he's another one. He has shown the capability, and he did that in this most recent stint, too, of throwing 95-96. He just almost never does it. I have no idea. I mean, I've asked him, and what I get back is that, well, he's more of a multi- 
pitch pitcher with a different mix of stuff and prefers to keep hitters off balance. And all I'm thinking is, dude, you have fastball that's 95 or 96, locate it. And you're going to make a gazillion dollars doing this. Take the number one and just put it where it needs to go. Use the other stuff as accessory, but he's not. And yeah, he might be added to that little list that you put together there. You will hear me screed on many an occasion about prospect rankings. My own philosophy on prospect rankings is that, yeah, they're interesting. They help you focus your attention on the players that have the most talent, the most upside, and have shown the most at certain levels. But for evaluation purposes, chiefly self-evaluation purposes, meaning you as an organization are studying how you as an organization have fared, I couldn't care less where you were at any point in the prospect rankings. I don't care that you were Baseball America's Organization of the Year. All I care about is here's this player at point A, at the point of acquisition. Here's this player through the minor leagues. Okay, great. Organization of the year. Woo woo. And here's what this player did in the majors. And what you see right now, and I have no doubt this is the main thing that's influencing the question that you sent in, is there's not a result occurring in Pittsburgh. Certainly not a meaningful result. And that's it. That's where the navel gazing should begin and end. No one should say, well, look at Charrington. He built this team into a Baseball America Organization of the Year or their number three or number four farm system. And who cares? Who ultimately cares? You got to get it done right here in the city of Pittsburgh where it's immaterial. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. It's going to do an unusual episode tomorrow on Thanksgiving. I hope you'll join me for that. 